This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Movement. Get 15% off your holiday purchases by visiting MVMT.com slash badchristian. Yeah, today's show is also sponsored by Blue Apron. Get your first <laughs> meal on us. That's $30 value when you visit BlueApron.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Pastor Joey Spencer, he back. Matt Carter, he back. T-Rail, he back. Reva, she back. I said Reva, she back. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Now, I don't know if everybody knows this or not. But the episodes that you heard last week, and this is something something we always do, mm-hmm. but we've gotten in the habit of it lately. Amen. The episodes you heard last week, I got to confess, they weren't live. We did them the week before we went on tour. So Son I hope nobody up. feels cheated about that. And we've made a commitment because it's kind of the way I like to do things, just be very, mm-hmm. I don't like to plan things or can things. I like to do them Preach the day it. of and release them the day of. But we've gotten into that habit because doing stuff on tour is so freaking mm. difficult. But- Mm. What that means is I hadn't been on a podcast for like two and a half weeks, it feels like, which is fun. So I'm excited to be back. We're going to have a good energy show today. I want to tell y'all oh, quickly, yeah. I want to tell Joey about the um, Devin parking the bus in Rochester real quick while we're on oh, the God. while we're on the topic of touring. We pulled up, Devin was driving and we went to Rochester to park the bus. We get there about two in the afternoon. It was a rainy day. Rochester's a dreary kind of just old town. Yeah. And we pull in. We pull right in front of the venue. We make a right, right into the parking spot. One of the guys in the opening bands was helping us park. He saw us coming, waved us in, uh, pointed to where the cones were. Somebody else jumped out and moved the cones for us. Devin parked the bus right in there. And then when we got out of the bus, the guy in the one of the opening bands said, uh, dude, you just took out that motorcycle. And we're like, what? Yeah. Because we're like, what do you mean? Because it didn't, um, our bus weighs about 30,000 pounds. A motorcycle weighs a few hundred. So apparently, Devin had clipped a motorcycle and knocked it over in the street. Um, and so we're like, oh, gosh, this that's bad. Like, are you sure? We didn't feel it. We didn't hear it. And we all ran out there. We ran over to the motorcycle. So me, Devin, and Toby are standing around this motorcycle. And all of a sudden, just like in a movie, a door busts open and somebody comes out, a big a big guy comes out of a door right there in the street and goes, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Oh my God. And, and there's like, wait, do we start apologizing or say we don't know what, you know, what he's supposed to do? Yeah. So this big guy comes out, his bike is knocked over in the street, comes out and says, what the hell? And starts walking quickly toward us and we start to apologize and quickly we uh, realize that this gentleman is in fact the promoter of the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's the guy that works at or owns the venue, whatever it is. <laughs> I, I was so I, I go for the rest of the night. Well, he was the coolest we, we guy got out ever. He was like, hold on, let's just, uh, he, he, like, it, it put him in shock because he had never seen the <laughs> motorcycle on the ground before. But he was so cool. It was a big And he was nice just like, it, yeah, he's like, hey, help me get it up. We lifted it up, and it was crazy. There was literally no damage to the bike at all, except for the rear view mirror. Like one just of the side mirror mirrors broke, had yeah. broken. And so we were like, hey, let us pay for this. He didn't even want us to pay. He's like, ah, it's just a mirror. Don't even worry about it. Not even a big, no, we we're like, no, we have to. And so uh, we gave him some money for the uh, mirror, and it was, you know, he was totally cool. The show was great, and it was wild. So, Jeez, and, and then, 
It turned out better the than the, on a, in the you know in Pee Wee <laughs> or wherever somebody knocks over a row of bike or motorcycles or whatever. <laughs> but right, so that worked out okay. I call but. it privilege that we had because you know if you were just a regular people in town, but we were rock stars, you know, so we got the benefit there. And it didn't even hit the, hurt the gas tank or anything, so we were lucky. Yeah, I know. We, yeah, we got really lucky on you, that one. I mean, you get all the way with a lot if you're in a rock band. I mean, it, people talk about privilege, white privilege, all that stuff. There is almost no privilege just like being in a band. Now, there's a few situations where it works against you. Sometimes police um, assume you have drugs, stuff like that. You get So that's the opposite. But in, for the most part, you can get away with a ton of stuff just by being white men in their 30s in a band. It just yeah. doesn't – you do. You can get into all yeah. – I mean, I can't imagine the amount of total – things we've done wrong or crimes we've committed that are petty or destroyed things or trespassed, just all the stuff we've done. It's like, ah, it's these guys in a band. Or, oh, tell me about your band. You, it really is. I mean, it, you get away with a lot. I can't imagine well, the amount of things that... You know. So you guys yeah. are more privileged yeah, yeah. than me. Oh, like, we're no, all no, white no, males, no, but well, no, in a band. No, if you were a white male pastor, yeah, that's just, more. it must yeah. be like heaven on earth. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. You could have... He would... <laughs> He wouldn't even. Uh, I mean, he would have said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." He wouldn't even ask hey, you to help I, him pick I, it up. I promise you, I would. Ser- I'm sorry, but I, I, I'll admit, I would probably try. Like if if someone if a cop pulled me over and said, "What is going on?" I'd probably be like, "Oh my gosh!" I, listen, son, I'm I'm a pastor. Oh no <laughs> like, doubt. I I'm trying to get somewhere. I really do apologize, man. But I, I mean, I would I would probably try to throw the. I'm on, I'm on my way to a failing marriage counseling <laughs> session and it's emergency. <laughs> so I'm at the, going to the funeral home. I'm going to whatever. Yeah, if you get pulled over and you're in a band. You know, for sure, you say we're in a Christian rock. Like that's the one time I claim the Christian Christian band. rock. Like, oh, right. I'm not a yeah, Christian yeah. band. I'm just a guy in a band trying to do whatever. Unless a cop pulls me over, and then <laughs> like, so we're a Christian band recording card? artist. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> dude, that's got to backfire sometimes. They're like, okay, well, we'll fix you guys. <laughs> uh, it works out. I mean, it's funny. I guess you're right. Like we are. Extra. I was wondering why I'm always fairly happy and my life's pretty good. <laughs> like I'm, I'm white, I'm middle class, and I, yeah, I'm a, in rock a rock band. band. Privilege is very, is, is very I, real. Yeah, I have a little bit of fame. I've worked at churches all the way around. I, I've got the outs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I, I acknowledge but, it. I embrace it. Did Toby behave himself, Matt? Yeah, well, let me. Did. I was getting ready to say that this was a. Yeah, I did behave myself, but it was a. It was a weird tour. Like we got on the tour, and I would say maybe. Two days in, three days in, our dog got sick, and then literally the next day she had to be put down. Oh and our dog's name Maybell, and it has affected me so much more than I thought. Like I was telling Jess last night, talking about white privilege and stuff. My life really has been privileged. Like my the only people I've ever really had die that were close to me are my my grandparents, but they were old and in bad shape, and right. it was like they needed to go. You know what I mean? Like I even realized that at a, even a younger age, there wasn't a reason for them to be here, not in pain. And your or, mind's prepared right, because that's right. what happens to old people. One hundred percent. And um, I mean, Joey, you you are there right now. You said goodbye to your grandma when you were like four or five years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's still here. You're forty. <laughs> you said goodbye to your grandmother thirty years ago. I hey, just goodbye. in case, I just want you to know, I've already said goodbye to you. I said goodbye to her, and she says, but I need your Christmas list. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let me give you my Christmas list. But uh, I was talking to Jess last night. Like, it's crazy. Like, Jess, my wife, um, dad died when she was a teenager in high school. Then, uh, you know, a couple of years back, a lot of you listeners out there know, she got breast cancer, had to have a double mastectomy. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, even my own wife has gone through so much. And this, like, it feels obnoxious and dumb to feel so emotional about our dog. And it really has caught me off guard. I'm just not 
Really that emotional? I mean, I know people, oh, dude, when you have a dog, I totally understand. I know other people get it, especially pet owners. Joey wouldn't. He probably would still. He probably wanted to stop by the vet and kick her one last time. That's, but, that's um, how they put the dog down, actually. <laughs> yes. I cried they about my Joey. cat dying. They ha- I cried they about my Joey's cat <laughs> dying. I'm not going to sit here and listen to this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but it really has affected me. Like, I've, like when I got home... Uh, Nobody was here yet. Jess had to take the kids to her job That's and tough, stuff. Man. And so when I got home, it was so weird because I kept thinking, oh, maybe I was going to be bark. Oh, yeah, she's not. And then I left the door a little bit of crack. I said, oh, I better go back in case she gets. Oh, yeah, they're not. That's and then the, this is the worst. The saddest thing happened yesterday. Uh, I had to cut our grass. Um, and I walked around the backyard and picked up all of Maybell's poop. Oh, no, for the oh last time. God. And I was like, oh, no. this is so sucky. Like, I, I, wow. I always felt like, well, I got to pick up this poop. And, you know, Maybell's pooping all over the yard now or whatever. And I was picking up poop from a dog that no longer is alive. Oh, like, and you would just, do anything really for more. You'd, you'd do anything for more shit. I mean, basically. Seriously. 100%. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, man, I'd do anything. I'd fill this whole backyard full of her dookie if I could have her back to life. And it just, it really is sad. Like I just, like I, I actually I get- think, I actually think that you could possibly make a good case for, uh, and I'm not talking about fish or mice. I don't want to, you know, sound insensitive to people that get really sad about stuff like that. But when you lose a dog, you, you have to lose dogs way less often than losing people. So not, not only is it hard that you're losing a friend, but, you're probably only going to lose what two dogs in your oh, whole that's, life. That's interesting. So they, they don't live as long. But you're just saying you don't you know a ton more people. So there's more people deaths. You only people are care, dying all like the time. You care time. about a couple hundred people. Right. You only have cared a few about a few dogs. So the right and and, and, interesting. On, and on top of that, like usually when you hear about a death of a person, especially someone you went to school with or something, you might not get super sad, but you'd be like, oh my gosh, that is just devastating. Maybe you get sad for a little bit. You hear about somebody else's dog dying. Especially oh, like if all, you didn't, yeah. you don't care. It's no big deal. Yeah. But your own dog, it's like you hardly ever have that relationship with mm-hmm. with yeah. anything. Well, let, well, this is interesting, Toby. I meant to ask you this before, but let's let's tell me how this makes you feel. Um, so okay. also worth you know acknowledging on here, we lost one of our college friends last week too. Uh, his name is right. Richard, and he was just. One of, I mean, I tell stories about him all the time. Thought about him so many times. Hadn't seen him in years. I think you guys probably have, but I haven't seen him in years. And he died suddenly of a heart attack. He used to be Toby's roommate. Joey, he was your roommate too, right? You yeah, were in yeah, that apartment. And then Devin and I moved into that after he moved out and whatever. But so he passed, and that was really sad too. So same thing. But Toby, I can you picture if you went back to in college when you're hanging out with Richard, if somebody told, and this is probably true and tell me if it's not, but what does it mean to you? If somebody told you in the future, a future week, 10 years from now, Richard will die and your dog will die. And the, your future dog will impact you more than right. Richard. That's what, right. do you, what do you make of that? I mean, first of all, is that true? Yeah. <clears throat> I have to say, and it's yes, weird, because right? yeah, because I mean, I've spent the last ten years with our dog, mm-hmm. and Richard was a friend from college. I see, I've only seen him in the last ten years, maybe once. I'm not trying or to make twice. it sound like you don't. I mean, no, like, no, I, no. Of course, I care, profound, yeah, yeah. but it's weird because right. you actually internally were affected more by, like, you would have chosen, you would have sacrificed I, your dog. I was to shocked Richard. about Richard. I was shocked you know, by but, Richard. You right. know what I mean? I, I guess I was shocked, but but Maybell felt like it cut deep. Like I, I felt like I lost a companion, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, here's the other thing too. I was by far 
Maybell's favorite human person friend in the world. And I did not get to be there for her death. Like I, w- yeah. I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't get to comfort her in the room, all that stuff. And I know that's just on me. That She's a dog. She wasn't thinking that. She just wanted to go home. But just the idea, she never got to come home. And I was gone. I didn't get to be there. It just, it was really, the, what's really crazy too is it's kind of a, adorable or, you know, it's, it's why I love Jess so much. I get home and on our, our big pie safe, it's an old p- antique piece of furniture. Uh, there's a giant portrait framed of Maybell now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's just huge. I mean, it's not, you know, it's like Jess, and it's, uh, it's just, there it is. And there's all these pictures of our dog and it's just, it's just devastating. And you're right. Like, it's crazy. That's a, that is a good point, Joy. I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but, but, your dog feels so maybe so much because people do die. I mean, it, lots of folks die, you know, that you've come in contact with and you just, you don't see them anymore. And it's shocking and sad and terrible. And I, I, I mean, I, of course, like I would even choose Richard's life of over course, my dogs. Yeah. I would, you know, I'd, if Richard could be back alive, I would choose him, even though it would hurt bad to have Maybell gone as like it does. But, um, it's just, it does affect you. I, I guess I've just been caught off guard by this. Cause I've always wondered, when I lose somebody really important to me, how am I going to feel? And I'll just be real. Like even like with my family, uh, not not I know I'll be devastated if Jess or the kids were to die, one hundred percent. But like with my extended family and stuff like that, I've always wondered: Am I going to be cold or hard, or will, would I cry? Would I feel emotion? What would it be like? And it's just like when Maybell died, I just can't like I, I can't, and I feel so stupid, Matt. You you lost your mom just a few months ago, and mm-hmm. I like I feel stupid feeling this way, but I just feel like. Loss, I don't, uh, it's crazy. I get maybe it's because this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, and that's amazing that I've had such an amazing life or blessed life. But I really do yeah, feel but, a little bit like I'm just missing something, I can't quite get it. I don't, it doesn't feel right being at home, even. It's just, I can't imagine like somebody that loses a spouse or a child or, or a parent and w- what they are going through if you're really close and, and love them and, and all that stuff. I just can't imagine. I don't know how you recover. Like losing a kid, I don't know how you recover. Like, right. Joey, that, that to me, like the worst part of your job is just dealing with people who have to deal with loss like that. Like, it's just yeah. something's taken away from you and you have to insert like help and God there, but something's right. been ripped out of your life and, and you believe that God is there and wants us, you know, but like that's, that's, has to be like just the hardest thing. Like I, I can't even imagine, like you go to the people's deathbeds and pray yeah. with them and you have to comfort the family. That's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't find it shocking at all that you feel that way, especially when you think, I mean, a dog is like a higher level and, and I, I'm actually a cat person, so it's hard for me to say this. <laughs> But a dog is like a higher level pet, you know, outside of monkeys. What else could you be more sad about than a dog? Because it runs up to you every single day. It's interacting with you every like, that's why you're like, something feels missing because you don't have a dog running around you, which always used to happen. I, uh, you guys are going to kick out of this while we're talking about this. Uh, it was, it was so dramatic, almost like a movie. When I came home my freshman year of college, my cat had died and I was really scared to be around the house without the cat just because I was going to be super sad. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, my parents were bringing me, uh, I get home and then they're coming into the room. They're bringing like a collage of pictures of me as a kid with my cat. And I was like, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare show that to me. You get that away from me. Oh man, I'm sorry about that, man. No, I know, I I know. Matt, Matt, let me ask you something though about your your question uh, that you asked a second ago. I have a really weird question can you imagine all of us sitting out on your front porch where I uh, have a lot of visual images of 
Richard mm-hmm. at your North Confederate uh, house. Imagine if someone told us, and and we trusted this person somehow, and we're all you know in our early twenties, and and they pointed to Richard and said, "Hey, man, you're gonna die when you're 40. Like how how bad would it be for not only Richard but all of us also? I'm not sure if it would be super bad because you can't really wrap your mind around, oh, so I have 18 years guaranteed. That's more than any of you have guaranteed. You don't, you know, so that's just no, a, that, a that weird... knowledge is that knowledge is toxic though. Like you couldn't, yeah. deal, nobody can deal with that. I mean, that's just part of the argument of anything. Like, I mean, if you just look at the Garden of Eden, I mean, the knowledge of stuff is a huge burden. It just is. Like, you know, yes. we, we try to wrestle with stuff here all the time and all the shallow stuff, but we have the knowledge of what's going around in the world, and you just are pretty much choosing to ignore it because, you know, it's not like if you had more understanding and knowledge, you could handle it. You just cannot. Yeah. Like, if you were in tune with the amount of suffering within a few blocks of you, you'd probably throw up right now. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily know that anybody wants any more knowledge about anything. Like, you know, it just comes at a price. We're not able to deal with it. Hey, I'll, I'll tell everybody though, just just to uh, honor Richard real quick. I'll mm-hmm. tell y'all a really funny story. So, just to give you a visual, a lot of people in Charleston know Richard because a lot of people go downtown Charleston, where you know lots of touristy stuff, historical stuff, shopping, and there's like this humongous guy that is singing opera uh, on a street corner, and you can hear him from blocks and blocks and blocks away. A lot of people know him. That's mm-hmm. Richard. You know, he's got the... Which, by the way, that whole thing was birthed out of me and Toby being downtown with Richard saying, hey, stand up on this wall. We'll put a hat down and let's make you some money. And it worked. And so from that point on for years, he would go downtown, sing his opera for people to put money in a hat. Um, so a lot of people know this guy. So Richard is walking around Colonial Lake, which is a big man-made lake downtown. A lot of people jog around. A lot of people exercise. <clears throat> it's winter. And he's all bundled up. All right, so uh, he's a black guy, and that's significant in this story because he is doing his fast walk. <laughs> and he's a super, he's like a huge teddy bear. So he's doing his fast walk, and there's a woman, oh, 50 yards ahead that just takes a little glance back. And uh, Richard's like, oh, gosh, the big black man behind this white lady. I hope this doesn't turn into anything. So he starts gaining on her a little bit. And she turns around and, and her eyes are a little bit bigger. And he says that he notices her starting to walk faster. So he's like, shit, I, I don't want to slow down. And so he keeps getting closer and closer. And finally, she starts to walk really fast. And then she looks back the last time and screams and takes off running. <laughs> so imagine Richard, who we all know is the nicest, yeah, softest-spoken, right. <laughs> gentle giant, and he's and this lady thinks that he's about to kill her, and he's just exercising. <laughs> oh man, that's a good so one. crazy. He was a great dude. He yeah, was a great yeah, dude for sure. Well, we'll miss Richard, and that really is something. Sincerely, so a tribute to him for that. Uh, let me tell you before we talk about some other stuff. Let me guys tell you about something that I like a ton, and that's movement watches. So. Movement watch, the one I have, is black, simple, it's minimalistic, and I've liked it for a long time. I got one for Bridget. I've gotten for other people for gifts. We got one for Reva now. These things are wonderful, and you guys know it's the holiday season, so I'm going to give you a tip. Next time 
I would suggest doing it right now, but if even if you want to wait, just wait till next time you're in a holiday shopping line or stuck in traffic in the holidays and you've got gift buying to do. Maybe on your way to go to the department store and you realize the traffic is so bad, just pull over, go to movement, pick out a watch and buy it for somebody. It makes a great gift. It'll only take you it'll take you less time than parking at the department store to choose one, get it and get it on the way. And speaking of the department stores, hey. Those things are expensive, and the watches they carry there are no better than the movement watches, and they cost like four or five hundred bucks. Where movement watches start at ninety five dollars, and the reason the price is so much better is because movement figured out that by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup and provide the best possible price. And you know they're they're terrific. The classic design, the quality construction, and styled minimalism. They sold over a million watches in a hundred and sixty country. So here's what I'm telling you to do. I'm asking you to do this. I'm telling you to do it. Get 15% off. You get free shipping and you get free returns. And you do that by going to movement.com slash bcpod. That's mvmt.com slash bcpod. This watch has a really clean design that makes a great fashion statement. Now is the time to step up your watch game. Go to mvmt.com slash bcpod. Join the movement. All right. So I was I was watching. Um, uh, for, if you're not into sports, ESPN does a really popular show called Thirty for Thirty. It focuses on a really cool so sports story or or an athlete. And so Rick Flair. Uh, if you don't oh, know yeah. Rick Flair, I, I just don't know what world. Nature boy. Woo! Well, yeah. I, I mean, I guess maybe you you were born in the 2000s. That that that'll give you an excuse. But this guy. Definitely the most popular wrestler of all time. I would say even more so than than Hulk Hogan. But anyway, check out the 30 for 30. Even if you're not a sports fan, it is so intriguing. But one thing that he said on there that I just could not stop thinking about, and not not in a perverted way, mm-hmm. but he... Let me they, guess. It has to do with sex. Yes. <laughs> they asked... Could they not stop asked, thinking about it. They asked this bastard how many girls he thinks that he has been with. And he did not even hesitate. He said probably about 10,000. And he was not making a joke. So I started to do the math there. And I started thinking, there's only 365 days in a year. Mm -hmm. You multiply that by three and you get 1,000. So we're talking for 30 years, he slept with an average of one person a night. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So so take me. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've I've like seen one <laughs> vagina in my life. <laughs> and I've had sex with one person in my whole life. And then you have and then you have some people that, you know, they messed around a good bit at, at college, mm-hmm. slept with all their girlfriends or boyfriends, but you know, we're still talking a uh, you know, half a dozen, maybe a dozen. Yeah. So you're what feeling regret. Is, what, yeah. <laughs> what is his conception? How when he thinks of sex and when he thinks of the female naked body, it has got to be almost like from a different planet than how the three of us, even the three of us, like when we think of the na- like, is he even turned on by the naked body? Do you get tired? Of, like it was Weezer onto something with their first song on Pinkerton. Do you get tired? Of sex, I mean, well, clearly it's not. Just unbelievable. Though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's obviously, 10, you know what I mean. Like that. Well, that's crazy because I mean, that's what's weird about it is he clearly 
still into it after 5,586 yeah. <laughs> days in a row. I mean, right. I, I mean at, at number 4,300, he wasn't like, eh, I'm kind of done with this. He wasn't even halfway. You know what I mean? Like, so, I like so, to eat I, seafood. Yeah. I like I, I, whatever. I, you know, I like ribeye steak. I mean, but. Yeah, I haven't had. I think he's exaggerating. I don't. I don't think it was ten thousand, but it was unreal amount for sure. I think Will Chamberlain claimed ten thousand. Yeah, I thought. I thought he claimed like three or five thousand or something like that. There's been other people that claimed ten thousand, but I don't know if it's true. Well, I I don't think it's totally. I mean, he's he's got to be pushing seventy. So we're talking thirty years of his life if he was doing one girl a night. So we're talking starting fifty years of his life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's it's, so. Anyway, I, I've thought about this a lot. I don't think the Bible is very clear. I don't think the Bible is clearly anti multiple sex partners. And and I, I <laughs> oh, that, whoa, whoa, whoa! You trying to slide that through? <laughs> no, Master I'm not loophole. sliding that through. That, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. It actually bothered me because I was thinking to myself, we put so much stock into refraining from sex before your marriage, then when you get married, that is your only sex partner. And, and check this out. All right, so Sodom and Gomorrah. So I don't, sad. Most people don't believe that God rained down fire because of same-sex attraction. It was, you know, lack of hospitality or gang-banging gangs like of raping. fathers and sons yeah. raping other people. But what did God do? He rained down fire. All right, so then you have guys like David and Solomon that were sleeping with hundreds, if not thousands, of women. Eh, God didn't even say anything. Did God, right. I'm not even <laughs> sure if God said anything. And he, and, he was, no. and he was pretty interactive with David's life. Yes. That, that right. part, almost like he gave him a high five. <laughs> right, and so fast forward, to the new, fast forward to the New Testament when Paul says stuff like, just like the prophet Isaiah says such and such, or, you know, all things have come to pass and now Jesus is fulfillment of the law. He doesn't say, <laughs> don't you think that David and Solomon should maybe be addressed in the New Testament saying, hey, <laughs> those bastards were not supposed to be doing that. It's never mentioned. So the closest thing that I could find to anything anti having multiple sex partners is basically when, uh, instructions to elders. You must be the husband of one wife, mm-hmm. and then it tells people in general to try That's to crazy. model your life after elders. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, for, but wait that, a second. But so elders are the elite of the elite behavioral standards, and that's the only time in the Bible where it even says, yeah, maybe one wife for y'all. And that's one of many different things that it's asking. So I just, it, it kind of does bother me. When that you what? Think, uh, <laughs> that you don't get to have sex with more women? No. No, that something that... pisses that, you off. You're pissed off about what exactly? <laughs> seriously, think about it. The, the right, extent, I am trying to. The, the extent of highlighting that we do on saving yourself for marriage and just keeping to one partner it seems like the Bible would match our zeal for that, and it doesn't. That's what bothers me. It doesn't bother me. I want to go out and you know have sex with way more people. I'm just like, maybe. Why? Why doesn't the Bible get our backs here? Like we we try so hard to yeah. live in this way, and uh, so I don't know. I want to get y'all's thoughts on that. But I've also Flair three sixteen. I've also talked to two people recently. Um, now neither of them Christians. But oh, uh, why would you talk to them? Oh, God. <laughs> One of them says that he's he he doesn't think it's natural for any man to just stay to one partner. He said, especially when you think in evolutionary terms, 
like men are, we have a natural inclination to want to spread our seed, to want to populate the earth. And yes, so we do. It, Bless uh, our hearts. But, but then another guy took it a step further, and he said, I don't think that I am biologically wired up to just have one sex partner. And so I thought about that, and I was like, isn't he interpreting the same data that Toby and I have just in a different way? Toby and I, right. we have those same feelings, those same attractions, those same animalistic tendencies, but we say, nope, going to stick with my wife. He's interpreting the same shit that we go through, but he's like, oh, I guess my body is telling me that I need to be with more people. I mean, that's all that is, right? There's no way someone could say, yeah, I need to be with multiple people because of how I'm made. I think we're all made to feel that way, right? Uh, well, okay, a few things. Okay, biblically, I'll say it does seem like God created one man and one woman in the sure. garden. And sure, so I agree. I, I, I can see that. Now, the thing that really bothers me is when and it just happened uh, a few weeks ago when I was saying I was making some quotes from the Bible from the Old Testament. Like, well, clearly the New Testament says that God that Jesus has abolished all that. Yeah, but I was like, but, but I mean, for all those years, every it was totally fine, and then all of a sudden it wasn't <laughs> fine when Jesus showed up. Like, I mean, it's like, oh, now we have the New Testament, so we know everything. No, I mean, what if you lived? Seven days before the New Testament was, you know, or whatever, you know, I mean, that was put together years and years and years later. So that stuff really bothers me. But one thing that I have been thinking through lately is we put so much anxiety on ourselves about sex and it's anxiety from, and it feels like to me, I'll, I'll use the word possession. Like in a way you and Priscilla, Jess and I feel like we, possess each other in a way like we you almost, talking about the four of us the four of us no no, no like you, you, yeah, you with your wife and me, me with my wife but like you, it, you it's, it's a belong thing. to me it's a thing where if jess has sex with somebody else she sinned against me she's evil she's awful it's terrible it's the worst one of the worst betrayals you could do to a person and it's because in some way i feel like i have a covenant with her some ownership of our marriage, and we own each other in a way. I, I'm I'm probably not articulating this the best way, but we cause so much stress because who did you sleep with before marriage, and what did sex look like before our marriage, and and did that's even sinning against your future spouse? All yeah. these things. Now, now I might, I guess I I still agree with it. I I actually believe if you can commit to a person and cultivate that, it has to be the best. If if you're both, I in. agree. But I, I, mean, I think we might all agree with that. I, I mean, having a, it, it's not like getting to have sex with all those people, Ric Flair, that he's ended up really being happier, more fulfilled, but he probably did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, but, you know what I mean? I he mean, probably so, did, but is he more fulfilled? Is he having a, that kind of life where he is uh, truly in love? Maybe. I don't even know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he totally lived the best life ever and it was unbelievable. But at the same time, it sounds like, uh, you know, it's a little bit lonely. Always trying to yeah. find the next thing that's important. So here, here's a here's a different way of saying this, biblically speaking. Doesn't the Bible yep. denounce adultery and isn't and, and I, I haven't done my research, so somebody can feel free to correct me. Okay. But isn't adultery sex outside of marriage? So I say that. What if you are married to eight women and you are kind and loving to those eight women? Uh, which I I don't know if you could possibly be kind and loving to eight women yeah. but in some cultures I, I they make a pretty strong case for how polygamy does work but I, it, it is just mind-boggling that you would think there is somewhere 
where it is very specific and way more uh, blatant about uh, numerous sex partners. But if well, anything, it's I mean, not. it seems pretty clear to me. The reason why it exists, though, is because there's men in power and they have power or money and they've been given that whatever. And then they I mean, I, I don't know if I was a woman, would I would I choose to have be with a guy that has 700 wives. Yeah, like King Solomon or something like that. It literally the reason he had that is because he was in a position of power. He was the king, and and he yeah, and he pointed and said, "Oh, I want you," and come to my harem or whatever it is. And that's, I mean, that's what he did. So it's not like women. I don't think inherently choose. Oh, I'm totally fine with a bunch of different women with this guy. Now, also, it seems a little bit of a cop out. Oh man, I just really feel like I got to spread my seed. It's just inside of me. That's just the way I got to (laughs) be. I mean, it's just what you want. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like I always want chocolate. I do. Like, I would love chocolate all the time. That don't mean it's right. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't mean it's the good thing given from our good Lord and Savior. And so, okay, so I, I mean, right, it's, a me it's a desire. It's a desire, but it's not necessarily inherent that you have to sleep with a bunch of different women. I've got to throw this in there. Christians are so, uh, Christians are so heckled for saying what you just said. They're heckled for saying that about gay people. And all and that that well, because I try to defend people that are basically very loving, but they don't believe gay people are living in accordance with God's will. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of why Christians, are you defending them? I because I want them to be understood more because I think the conversation is important if they're gonna make any progress. And so all I'm saying is they get a lot of flack for saying what you just said. You said, I want to eat chocolate all the time, but I don't. And that's what Christians say about when, when, a, when a gay person says, well, this is just how I feel. This is what I'm attracted to. And then uh, some dude says, well, I'm attracted to many women, but I'm faithful to my wife. Oh, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, that's not a good example. I don't know why it's not. Well, well, I think the difference I would say would be that I... I, I no matter if you're gay or straight or whatever, I think if you have multiple partners, it makes you think less of those partners. It makes you think less of men or women, just the same way as porn. The, the reason why porn is, is just so easy and you become desensitized to what it means to also be giving in a relationship also and, and not just make somebody like people want to make porn bad because uh, just just about the sex workers or this or that. Like the, the real bad news about it is that it makes you become desensitized and only selfish, like a selfish lover or a selfish person. Like you want sex your way at this time and this way, which is what's going to probably happen with AI in the future anyway, which is what I think is even more dangerous. But uh, I I think if you're going to go into the homosexual argument, whether you're gay or straight, many, many, many multiple partners can be, I think some people might can handle it, but I would say for somebody like me, uh, just would be kind of dangerous. I think I would just start using people. I wouldn't. Uh, it would just become about the sex and the next mountain to climb or whatever it might be. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like we're joking about Ric Flair, talking about Ric Flair at numbers. If he really had sex with ten thousand women, does he remember number six thousand twenty two? No, no. He doesn't give a shit about that person. He just fucked them and left. And that, yeah. I mean that that's what he thought about him. I'm gonna fuck you and leave. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't like he cared or anything. It just used people. And so Which if we that, are that's just animals, that's co- okay. If well, we're just animals, that's okay. Well Yeah, well I don't I don't think we are. What, yeah, I don't either. No, no, come on. That that's 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 the silliest type of thing. It always drives me crazy when they go, Okay, so that as if that proves 
your God or your religion or something like that. That's not how it works. Just, you know, we have a nature about us that is true. And then we've decided to act against that in a better way. We, we have this biological nature that's here, and we have decided to deny some of those things to create a better society. We still are that way, but we've made a decision that we think it'll be to the benefit of more people to now add these extra rules. That, that doesn't make society. it a right decision, though. That we're, just that we we decided that, that that's right. Right, that's we decided. Right. That's that's why yeah. it doesn't mean it's not it's not if you go oh but you since we decided it means it doesn't really matter like you don't need an absolute answer for stuff yeah. like that we've decided Matt, you think we want there, a society where we have these manners and these social codes and we've decided it and that's good enough to to is worth something that's not you don't throw everything out there's no god I could murder and rape no we've decided it's better for everybody not to regardless of if there's a god or not. We've made well, that here's decision. One thing. We well, let me just say this real quick. We ha- we've hacked ourselves. We work against our nature for many, many things, and that's a good decision well, that we do collectively. Well, I think everybody uh, should decide to use Blue Apron at least. That's I mean, I don't care where you. I don't care how many people you've slept with. Blue Apron is a correct decision. Don't forget all that other stuff. Forget about trying to figure out getting your kids home and getting off work and all this stuff. Blue Apron is so awesome. It's one of my favorite things that we get to do. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery. It's funny. I say meal, M-I-L-L. It sounds like but I'm saying meal. How do you meal. say meal? Meal, meal. Right. Meal? Meal. Like, I want to eat, eat a good Blue Apron meal. There you go. That Meal, meal. I say meal. I'm going to eat a Blue Apron meal. It's the Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. And while many people know what to what we do, many don't know about the types of meals you eat when you cook with Blue Apron. You're not just having burgers for dinner. You're making short rib burgers with hoppy cheddar sauce on a pretzel bun. You're preparing seared steaks and thyme pan sauce with mashed potatoes, green beans, and crispy shallots all in under 45 minutes and without a trip to the grocery store. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Number one, Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards uh, for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. And and they have three different plans, a two-person meal plan, a family meal plan, and a wine plan, which I think is very fun. And I mean, they just have all kinds of meals. Like, I, I promise you, I love the vegetables. I love the meat. Everything about Blue Apron, I think, tastes so good. Like, coming up uh, the week of November 27th, uh, you can have seared steaks and garlic butter, turkey, uh, ramen, which I love ramen. Oh my gosh, Matt, you turn me on to ramen, mm-hmm. and Blue Apron does it just unbelievable. I mean, and that that's just, that's the family plan. Like, on the two-person plan, if it's just you and your wife or your husband, miso and soy steak, spicy chicken quesadillas, one pan spicy wild Alaskan pollock. I mean, it's just stuff I can hardly even pronounce, but just tastes so good. I'm telling you guys, convenience, variety, flexibility, high quality, they do it all. So Blue Apron is treating our bad Christian listeners to their first dinner, a $30 value if you Right now, if you visit blueapron.com slash badchristian. So just check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Can I? Matt, Joey, do you think that Joey, is- Joey, how many women do you wish you'd have slept with? <laughs> like you, had, um, you don't wish you slept with more. 
No, you would, I, that wouldn't because I you wouldn't love have your needed, wife. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't have needed one a night in college, but may, maybe one a week. <laughs> no, but I mean, aren't you like? I mean, are, <laughs> don't you been, think? All right. Like, long. I mean, Priscilla's. It, it, your marriage is no. Better I, that you okay, didn't sleep let me with answer. Yeah, yeah. I would not have you an think open that, marriage at least. if I could. I would not have an open marriage if I could. But strictly biologically, I would enjoy that. Yeah. Well, so yeah, but my, I wouldn't. My, want, I wouldn't have a uh, open marriage because Jess would just be having sex all the time, and I would just be watching the kids. Ain't nobody coming <laughs> to have sex with me. You think I'm going to a bar and getting laid every night? No. Matt, I'm in a rock think- band. I'm a white, white male, middle class. I ain't getting laid. I don't care how much privilege I have. So Matt, nobody's think- like, I got to sleep with that guy. Matt, do you think there are some sexual beings who? biologically would love to engage in multiple sex partners, but don't. And then you have people that actually uh, feel the same way that they would biologically love to, but they have to. They're wired up in a way no. where they cannot say no, no. to those. I mean, biological no. you're saying is there an identity that is polyamorous or something like? Right. Some uh, people are bi. Some okay. people are gay. Some people are hetero. Well, I got a some lot people to say have about to that. Have but more you know, than I, one. I've said this before, but the I, sexual identity is an overblown concept, in my opinion. It's just it's there's there's something to it, but it's overblown and it's overdone. And I'll yep. give an example about this. That that may illustrate it, but no, I don't acknowledge anybody's sexual sexual identity to be polygamist. No, of course not. That's nonsense. And I'll get back to how we've crafted society in the biology part, but I'll just give you one example of math that doesn't check out. To me, and I could be wrong about this. It's just a kind of we'll see how this comes out. We like to say that people are born gay, which I don't really like that notion because, and I'll tell you why. And I I feel like I'm more progressive than the LGBTQ folks in this realm. Um, but on the other hand, we just... You're we, more progressive than the LGBTQ I'll tell you community why. Than about LGBTQ. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. That's what I believe, and I'll tell you why. But but we are, we're on a kick right now where it's very important to acknowledge that some people are born gay, but on the other hand, we are very... This, the same vibe coming from the vibe coming from the same groups is typically that there's no such thing as biological gender so we obviously have some problem here there's there's a little bit of a mismatch and if you think about that for a second your gender is not biologically determined but the fact that you're gay is does that doesn't really make sense to me now here's why i'm more progressive (laughs) because i say you can choose whatever you want to i feel like the lgbtq people I'm talking about in general freedoms here. I think people should be able to choose whatever sexual behavior they want to do. Basically, no questions asked as long as it's consensual and all those things. I am all good with it. You don't need a biological basis. I think the LGBTQ community has stopped short and they wanted to claim there's a biological basis and you're born with a fixed something. But but I think that's a, a mistake on their part. What they really want and deserve, and I hope, and I'm telling you the future will include, is sexual fluidity. It's your body. It's your choice. You can be a man or a woman. You can have sex with men or women. You can do what you want to do, and you can change your mind, and it's fine. I'm saying it's a choice, but I'm not saying it's a choice, therefore knock it off, everybody. I'm saying that's your choice. You have that freedom. You have that ability. You could definitely be into doing gay stuff in the future if you wanted to, Joey, and that should be Okay, yeah. it's you can be more fluid. It's a it's stopping a bit short to say no. You're born gay. 
You don't have to do that. that that's like, I understand why that's become prevalent because it, it you know, it's to, it's to fight against, it's just a, it's a, it's a baby step toward actual freedom for LGBTQ people, which is where we're headed. I think long-term you can be gay yeah. if you want to be, but, and you cannot be the next week if you want to be. That's probably fine. That's probably good. But in the meantime, I think you're selling yourself short by trying to prove there's a biological basis for everything. So if you'll allow me, yeah. I'll tell you that whole thing about biology is nonsense anyway. Of course, we have all these biological things, but society is the important part. Society is the most important thing that men have ever come up with or done or used. And society is like software. So you have a biology and your biology is your hardware. It's how you're made. It's the platform you're on. The bad news is it was started millions of years ago. It's like a computer built millions of years ago on early on early hardware. And then they added some other new hardware on top and new hardware on top of that. And then another computer system on top of that. And then the Apple 2G and then Windows 3.1. Not, not that. I'm sorry. The hardware I'm talking about here, not software. So you got all this hardware stacked up, like our deep brain, our lizard brain, our prefrontal cor- cortex all the way out here. So we have all this biological stuff going on, but society is like the software. It's like the operating system that we've built out that we've decided to live in. And we can write that and we, can, we can't change our biology, but we can change our society. And that's what we do. And that's how everything works. And society is, is better than, I mean, think about it. Like it causes your actions to, it's everything. Like people are completely controlled by societal norms, way more than laws. That's why I don't care about the government. Society tells you how to act, not the government. Now, we have laws in place for the last stop of people who don't care about society, but society is what causes you to have good manners, not steal. And society at this current moment is the thing that's that's making us decide what is good and bad, let's say, about sexual assault. And so we're rewriting it right now. That's why when you go back and look at something that Kevin Spacey did 30 years ago or something somebody did in the Bible or any other time, it doesn't, uh, it sounds like when people like to say, oh, it was a different time. Well, society was different. So biologically, these men, all of them, are bad and wrong and sinful and they would do whatever. <clears throat> Basically, most of the sexual assault stuff would fall in this category. Those people didn't do whatever they felt like because they're monsters. Those people did exactly what they calculated they would be able to get away with, given their power and the way society was. They never thought society would change and that stuff would be looked at this way. They were doing, right. They're doing bad actions that they calculated exactly they would be able to get away with. They're capable of worse. They would do worse. And most of us are that way. And that's not pleasant to think about. But most of us would do worse things if we simply thought we could get away with it. That's it. And so that's what society's function is. And we get to craft it and we get to build it. So there's a good part of this whole thing that's saying to me, yikes, we're rewriting it. It's not a very fine art. It's a very rough mechanism for improving society. So there's going to be a lot of problems along the way, but we're making it clear. I mean, it's probably going to help a lot of people. There's going to be collateral damage here for sure against men and certain people. And innocent. I mean, there's, there's problems we're going to have here that are collateral damage, but we're rewriting the code for society as a big group hive mind out there. Everybody's just pouring it on and it's very rough and nobody's in charge, but we're going to have a new society where it has new rules and then evil people, which maybe is all of us, if you want to make that argument, King David, Kevin Spacey and Joey, all pretty evil ah. and would do what, and you will do whatever you think you could probably get away with. And that's how it works. And that's not great, but that's kind of true. So if no. we can update the software here, we'll all act better. 
and that's worth doing. But two things on that. One, yeah, it's crazy. Like Kevin Spacey, there was not even internet or really cell phones right. when he was trying to hook up with a. So he thought I can get away with this, and now he can't. Which is like that's what I'm saying. Like we've said this forever. Privacy uh, is all, completely gone. All that stuff, and we, maybe it's a good thing. You're gonna th- that'll help stop this. Like you, you'll stop actors from trying to hook up with 14 year old boys or uh, Wein, Weinstein's trying to do all that stuff. Matt, I was really trying to listen, but the entire time you were talking on your monologue there, all I could think of is, could you define gay stuff? <laughs> like, what? what's gay stuff? Like Whatever. If we, no, but what is it? Like, in your mind, Matt Carter, you're very smart. I call you a genius idiot. What? What is gay stuff? Like chick flicks and no. like no. wearing no, no, shorts. No, 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 no. No, I really disagree. I When people say gay stuff or what's gay or whatever – they actually mean right that like the the sexual intercourse between a man and a man or maybe a woman and a woman that's it because if everybody if you had sex with with the opposite gender or, or you know if it, only you wouldn't would, would you call somebody gay if they liked whatever fashion or what you know what i mean like those those things are associated there's all these stereotypical dumb things that are associated with like being gay for males and females, but it's funny that you said that. Like, I, I'm not trying to get us off topic here, but it's interesting when when you say like, yeah, it, it's fine being gay or whatever. What what do we mean? Like, what is gay? Well, that makes that, me that's th- a, that's, that, a, that's a I don't big think question. It's anything. Like, I think I mean I think no, you don't need it I, as a category. You just do what you I agree want. with. No, you. No, that's no, what I'm that's, a, that's a huge question because listen listen to this. Uh, Christians that are anti LGBTQ as far as that being an acceptable lifestyle, would they be okay with two women? That live together, they're in love with each other, they snuggle yes. together, they kiss, Ooh. they hug, uh, and they raise a family, but they do not do anything sexual. With, I don't know about the kiss and the hug, and they might get weird about that. But it just uh, you're right. Like a two two female roommates, they were like, "No, we're straight, but we want to raise a family no, 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 together." No, or something no, no, like that. no, no. They're gay. They love each other. They're romantic with each other, minus the sex. That's what that's what I'm saying. Is, well, that's what I'm saying. Is the no, definition of, of gay back sex against the, the 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 claiming of the identity, which I think is not really necessary. I I just think the freedom part is the liberty part. But, the freedom okay, part. Okay, but, but you use the term gay stuff. What I mean, even in that's your a head, societally you, defined thing. No, I don't but, think, but I mean, Matt just, Carter has an idea of what gay stuff is. That's <laughs> I, what I'm asking. I, I, what does Joey Spencer and Matt Carter look, think gay stuff as, is? As goofy as that sounds, it's just it's a societal construct or whatever. <laughs> this reminds me of punch drunk love. Adam People like all kinds of stuff. People have all kinds of relationships. People like foot stuff sexually. That's right. There's just lots of things you can like. And it can be sure. anybody that likes anything. But, but you define that foot stuff. What's yeah, foot gay stuff, stuff? Whatever. What? Just What's whatever gay is defined. Stuff? I, I, what do you mean? Toby People the same gender. Keep, I don't know. Whatever. You don't have Toby. any idea in your head. You use the term, but you don't have any idea what you think gay stuff is. I mean, I can I can say butt sex if you like. If that's what you're trying to get me to say. <laughs> no, no, I'm not know. trying. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to figure out what it, like. <laughs> but my point would be, you're not saying that they like interior design and that makes you gay no, you're not saying no, that if you, you like fashion or no. uh if you uh you know speak if you're a man and you the stereo what is it the uh you know the idea of the right. way you talk or the way you carry that's what I'm yourself saying. those whatever, are correlations those like, that we stack up and we want to put people in boxes because that's what humans do but you don't have to a more progressive right. views to no, no boxes like that 
I'm agreeing with you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Like the idea of gay stuff isn't really anything. Right. It's a there construction. Is, there isn't gay right. stuff. That that like that that doesn't even make sense to me of, now. Maybe back in the day, I would have had some preconceived notions it about you what gay stuff is. And lines and things to right. delineate and say right. it's right and wrong or they do that. And, yes. I, and think of how much wasted time everybody's you know every I agree straight Christians spend on. I hope I'm not gay. Am I? But does this mean I? Uh, no. That, nonsense. That's just you. That's a those are wasted. Ways of thinking and, and paranoia. Yes, and, just, you know. and, and it puts you there. It puts you on one side of the line. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, like uh, my family, parents, and all that stuff are concerned uh, that we might be too liberal right. or loose, and so we're gonna l- cause our kids to uh, go go turn gay or or be a Democrat mm-hmm. or be crazy, whatever. Like they, they're actually there. And what I'm saying, like, and I'm agreeing with. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It, that is the thing that pushes you there, and you have to you have to identify as well. I'm this gender. I'm this. I'm this because everybody's yeah, pushing you a certain way, yeah. and you don't have to. Like it's you a temporary just tactic be a human. to gain some ground just to get right. So I totally understand that. Like good, I right? Mean, that that's why well, they've had to say. But no, you have to recognize this because there's biological basis. I'm saying that's a that's a little bit of a. We don't want to lean into our biological basis for stuff. That's right. that's that thing that caused Joey to say, "Yeah, but if there is no God, doesn't matter. You do whatever you want." Well, that's nonsense too. Society is a project. It's the human project. It's everybody working together. We make it, and it's a very, very rough art. So right now we're in some time when we're rewriting the code, and there's a lot of bugs in it, but that's what we're doing. Maybe that's reasonable. I don't know. Right. Well, 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 look at it this way. For example, we got a Wii. We just bought a Wii last night. It was really funny. I bought a Wii in a Whole Foods parking lot, and uh, I was at the back of the parking lot. The guy comes up. I got it for $50. It came with games here. I was like really happy for the kids. I was thinking, this is going to be really fun. And uh, he walk, he gets out of his truck, his big Dodge Ram, and he goes, I know you. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I, I love studying politics. <laughs> He's a really cool dude. He knew my band. But anyway, but my daughter, Ruby, is better at like Mario Kart and the, and the Wii Sports and all that than my son, Ike. And also, we, went, we started Taekwondo, which I promise you guys, I think I'm gonna have to do it or something. Like I, I my, watching our kids take taekwondo and uh, the 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 guys, his name's Master Young in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. So good, everybody's so good. They're just great. I love it. But Ruby understood the physical stuff way faster than I. She's only about a year or two older than him, but and he's a boy and all that stuff. But what I'm saying is like it because she's good at video games and karate. Or am I supposed to go? Well, that means she's more butch, or she's more masculine, or she? No, no, no. It's not. It's just she's good. She's good at this stuff. That, yeah. that, that's what I'm like. That's okay. That's where. That's what I think you're trying to say. And what I'm trying to get to too is, it's okay. That doesn't mean sexual preference. That doesn't mean anything. She's only eight years old. I want to let her experience everything she can and be really good as it as it much stuff as she can be, and then we'll we'll see from there. But if we start saying that. Yeah, uh, this means you're gay, and this means you're straight, and this thing means it. Like that's what I'm saying. There, I don't think there is gay stuff. That's not that, a, a, the that's gay kind of what stuff. I'm saying, but yeah, but and also, but I do also, and you said this. I also don't want my kids to they they re, when they see the girl on the cartoon, they go, "That's me." You right. know, when it's a cartoon we're watching, and my son goes, "Oh, I'm the prince," and my daughter goes, "I'm the princess." Right. That's okay too. Yeah, that's so the, totally okay the too. They're, they're society, trying to figure out their way. The better it gets, the more benevolent it is, the more fair it is, the better we construct this thing. The less you yeah. need stronger. I mean, honestly, dividing lines on everything, and I, that, like I'm sound super liberal now, but yeah. Borders are are a good example. You're a liberal conservative people want stronger and thicker borders, not just not just in nations, but in 
people groups and who's what and who's in our, you know, the most conservative of people want it to be very narrow. They want to be in it. They want other people to be out of it and they want to know and they want to define it and they want their borders strong at Mexico and they want to know who is a Christian, who is not, you know, who's gay and who's not. That's a a strong border is a conservative idea. It's not a bad idea. And at more primitive times, when you have less good society, the stronger borders and delineations you need tribally, of course you need that. So it's not crazy. Conservative mentalities are not wrong. They're a part, they're a part to keep us safer as liberal things open us up to grow. Both are liabilities. If you take them too far, they're both reasonable, but that's the project is, you know, anyway. Joey, what's gay stuff? What's that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Let's uh, tell me you got some news. You said you had some good oh news. Oh my God, do I have news this week? It is so good. In a world where you have Pastor Gay stuff and Science <laughs> Idiot Matt, my name's Toby Morrell. And this is the damn news! Joey's passed out. Joey. Joey. Joey, are you okay? Joey. Oh, my God. Get him a... What is that? A CPAP machine? (laughs) He's got to have a CPAP. Is that what it's called? CPAP machine, yeah. So he can breathe. (laughs) Hey, guys. What's up? You, Joey, you snore too, for sure. Your body has to cause you to snore, right? <laughs> There's no chance your body got out of that one. <laughs> no. Is that true? My my body did get out of needing like eyeglasses and contact lenses. I got really good eyes. I don't know about the snoring. I know Look, I snore, but I don't know how often. I don't know if it's like an every night. Do you Does know Priscilla why hit I, you or anything? I've got a theory that answers both of why you're so fucked up and have some good qualities. You want to hear it? Let's hear it, my friend. Yeah, build me Scandinavian up. Scandinavian gene pool inbreeding. Yep. Isolation, good qualities and bad mm-hmm. qualities. Depression, bad. You, your Cold whole family is gonna have dark, it. Yeah. Everybody, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, you know, smaller gene pool is not diverse enough. Yep. But also, actually, it's like I, a bulldog. I wish they, I was, you know, it's selected for this, but they got a smash nose. Whatever. You got some good stuff. I wish I was. Stuff. I wish I was more Scandinavian, my friend. But I've got mm. all. I've got like sixteen different. Oh, he knows there. everything. He's mm. done. D, you've done a DNA test, haven't you? Huh? No, I oh. just know my. I know my family tree. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big old tree. I'd say it's like maybe like an oak. Yeah. Oak nah, tree. It's like an olive olive tree. Jesus wants to just end. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off. Oh, wait. Is that a... It, I, let me ask this question. This sounds... I'm really dumb. There are olive trees. That's a... a olives grow on trees. Yep. An olive branch. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Y'all, that, I, did, I never knew that. Like it's... So is an olive a vegetable? It's a fruit? Hmm, I don't know. Like, right? What is, I mean, it has I mean, a what, single seed in it. And it's what, a fruit. what What? dictates Probably, being yeah. a vegetable or a, or a fruit? I always I thought thinking, vegetables like, were in the ground. They grew in the ground. No. And fruit so you, grew. well, they say a tomato is a fruit, is a fruit. But I don't know why. Yeah. Right? I don't know that. But an olive, you would think, is a, some vegetable or something, right? But it, it, it grows on a tree, like an orange. I think it's a fruit. Right? Yeah, olive's a fruit, I believe. Olive fruit. It's a fruity, it's a, it's a piece of fruit. You eat it for vitamin C. All right. Shit. Sorry. All right. Um, this first one is just so amazing. I, you, just, I promise. you don't want to like, stay on the olive I, topic a little longer? Well, I like to do that and talk about <laughs> uh, like Kroger Coke versus regular Coke for Reva. Because Reva thought that was really funny because she's a, she's a comedian at heart. I, I, just, I love her comedian heart. I do. She's like a daughter to me. 
Can't wait for her to do five minutes of stand up. Anyway, this one is, comes from Yahoo. It's so amazing. Trump supporters. Okay, have y'all heard about this? That uh, do y'all know Lavar Ball? Yahoo not news than no. Do y'all know Lavar Ball? Like he's yeah. the Ball family. Uh, UCLA. Like uh, his son Lonzo plays for the Lakers. He's a big, brash, loudmouth kind of dad. But uh, he got all three sons. His second son uh plays for ucla and they got in trouble for shoplifting while ucla players were over in china and uh so they came back and trump said lavar ball you owe me a thank you he tweeted it out said you owe me a big thank you for getting your son out of there and lavar ball says i don't owe you anything i'm not gonna thank you I, maybe the uh head guy in china or whatever but not you or whatever so check this out trump supporters are confusing <laughs> LeVar Burton with LeVar Ball, and it's painful. <laughs> that sucks. For, for 23 years, LeVar Burton, y'all remember LeVar yeah, Burton? Yeah, Rainbow, Rainbow and Jordy LaForge. Uh, yep. Uh, it said, for 23 years, LeVar Burton attempted to teach the joys of reading to millions of youngsters on the PBS series Reading Rainbow. He also has a podcast. You should check it out. LeVar Burton Reads, I think is what it's called. It's pretty cool. If only Trump supporters had paid heed to that message. It seems like a lot of Trumpers are confusing Burton with the basketball dad, LeVar Ball, and just assuming all LeVars are alike. <laughs> Ball is the father of the Los Angeles rookie uh, at Lonzo Ball. And, and so it goes on to say, many people... Uh, <laughs> Especially Trump supporters didn't appreciate Ball's comments. Ball, LeVar Ball said he didn't want to thank him for getting his son out of this, and they started tweeting, right? It's unbelievable. Uh, shoot. Where's the, uh, damn it, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I had this in, uh, I got to get a new uh, saver because this one is not doing as good. Okay, check out these tweets here. Uh, so this this guy tweets, LeVar Burton you're a has-been actor with a thief for a son, and Trump is the president of the United States. Get the picture? And then <laughs> LeVar Burton, Kim says, LeVar Burton, very ungrateful. Uh, Stephen Epps says, LeVar Burton, you sure don't do much for the black cause with your unlawful, ungrateful parenting skills. Uh, LeVar Burton, uh, says, uh, one, he, he finally writes back, one of the many slights I am having to endure these days. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it, LeVar... He didn't do anything. He's just a good guy that likes to read and teach reading education to kids. But because he has the name LeVar, Trump supporters, I'm assuming who are white, probably sat from the South or Midwest, are writing him saying he's a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just great. Like, our reaction times these days are just so quick mm -hmm. that you can't even, like, I mean, you see something and you have to react immediately to try and get ahead of it, even if you're not a journalist. Even if you're not somebody famous, like you think, uh-oh, this person did this. I'm going to write this immediately. And they don't even know who is who. They don't know the difference between LeVar Burton or LeVar Ball. That's and, the day and age we live in. It doesn't matter because it, the, those those tweets and communications are not intended to accomplish anything other than feel good to make. That's all. Well, that's what this, I think is crazy. Right, and that's on every side. I mean, that's what everybody's doing. But LeVar Ball doing, didn't do anything. But, uh, LeVar Burton didn't do anything. And people were just talking so much shit. But they don't him. care who it is. I mean, they don't. They literally don't care. The, the no, tweets are not. These kind right. of tweets are not intended to change people's behavior, make them learn, or share your point of view. They just yeah. feel good. Well, okay. But let me ask you. Yeah, all right. And let me ask you one extra question on this too, though. Are, have we moved into a new time where this is a good thing for LeVar Burton? Possibly, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. think, think about this. Yeah, we, we've lived in a time where people talk shit about you, and it's bad, and maybe well, yeah. it hurts your character. But like right now, 
a shitload of people are talking bad about LeVar Burton, but he's in the news. His brand is being shown. All those things. Like, it's not it's not bad. Like, if LeVar Burton can maybe mm-hmm. parlay this into a, you know, a some news, you know, being on some news shows sure. or whatever it might be. Like, I mean, yeah, it if that's might the be game, really good that these people are fools. If the like, game is it, having I mean, a maybe bigger th- platform and being infamous and having a legacy. Well, see, that's what the LeVar Ball is in the same thing. He's the same as Trump. Like, he benefits right. from everything He's stupid same, yes. he does. That both of those men benefit from being idiots as much as possible. It depends on what that's you're after. What it, I mean, if you're if you're after exposure and popularity, then yes. Well, that's what. Well, they turn those things into money and power. That's that's yeah. that's how you do it. You get yeah. the. I think it's fascinating that not. I think it's fascinating that not only do we know that this confusion is out. I mean, that that's that's the surprising thing for me is if you think about it, they are confused about who's who. But the fact that we know that they are. I mean, think about it. What. 20 years ago, when people got confused over two different people, we would never even know. But that, yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the sort of information that we have that we know that people are getting right. two people confused. <laughs> that's crazy. But what I'm saying is, like, I think more and more people are going to hope that stuff like this happens to them because you get mm-hmm. press. You get an extra 15 minutes of fame or help your brand or well, whatever. Well, there's apparently it's, it's a cool. bradchristian.com, and he's about to get a bunch of traffic right. because I just said it. <laughs> And I've gone to it accidentally right. so many times. Oh, Brad me too. <laughs> I've been to Brad Christian unreal amount of times. Bradchristian.com is just amazing. You're you got to go Brad. check it out. Is he a magician? Isn't he a magician, I think? I think he might be a magician. Do you think I might we could take all the, the hate we get? Not that it's actually that much, honestly. But do you think we could just divert some of our criticism to old Brad? Yeah, <laughs> like maybe. Oh, I'd love that. Like, you yeah. heretic asshole. Uh, way to talk about gay stuff, Brad. Yeah, way Christian, to go, Brad. You piece of shit. <laughs> that, uh, was, that ain't me. That was Brad. If it, if it ever comes up. All right, this next one's really good too. This was sent in by roving reporter Patrick Murphy. I just love this. SGA, I think uh, student government something president uh, admits to violating pos- policy and resigns. Uh, check this out. So. Student body president Cam Watlington uh, resigned from his position Friday. This comes from the Sojourn, by the way. Uh, Resigned from his position Friday after admitting to violating the Indiana Wesleyan Student Conduct Code. So he goes to Indiana Wesleyan, which I'm assuming is a Wesleyan Christian college or whatever. How'd you Um, make that assumption? (laughs) Very good. Thank you, Joey. On uh, on Sunday, November 5th, Watlington said – that's a tough name. I wish it was just Watling. Watlington said he violated university policy when he purchased and consumed two alcoholic buff beverages oh, no. at, Buff- at Buffalo Wild Wings in Marion. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the incident was reported by third party to Melissa uh, Laraway, administrative assistant uh, advisor for the SGA, who brought the accusation against Watlington. So somebody was at fucking ba- uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Saw this dude, student body president Cam Watlington, watching the game, drinking a beer, and they turned him in. Initially, he was dishonest about his guilt. I didn't do it. I was just there for the wings. They're amazing. He said again. Uh, he said he again lied during a student conduct meeting with Dr. Laura Bronsink on Friday. Watlington said that after a time of prayer and reflection later that day. He decided to amend his actions and tell the truth. Integrity is a daily struggle. Keeping your integrity, keeping your character intact, keeping the promises you've made to other people. In this case, my promise to the students that I ran to represent is a daily challenge when you serve the public position. So he drank two beers, 
and he is done. Now, <laughs> here's what is shocking to me. No, in anywhere in this article says how good of a president he was, what he did. Also, all it says is he drank two beers at Buffalo Wild Wings. And you guys know, if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, they force it on you. Know. You know what I mean? You're just trying to get some wings and some French fries, cheesy French fries or something. They force alcohol on you. I don't even blame this young fella. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. But he is done in politics at Indiana Early, Wesleyan. Yeah. I mean, that's just uh, it's just sad to me. Like, I mean, uh, two beers. Like, Joey, you think you you think he deserves to step down? Like, he knew the rules, yep. so he he fucked up. Is that what you think? Like, or do you think they should give him a pass? He was drinking I mean, in public. I just Wesleyans I, don't do that, right? I mean, I I guess if you're if that's your policy to not give him a pass and to be hard on him, and he knew that, then follow policy. Like, I think it's like a bad even at Seacoast, you, are you careful when you drink out in public, just so you don't want to look like you had to? Or like, are you careful with that? It used to be a policy. I know that they've relaxed on that a little bit, but like, is that like? Are you aware when you go out to a restaurant? If you go to Buffalo Wild Wings. In Charleston, South Carolina, are you like, oh, maybe I shouldn't drink just in case a seacoaster is here or something? Uh, maybe I was like that a long time ago. I mean, but not not now at well, all. I don't even give it a second thought. You're lucky that the culture's changed there a little bit. That's good. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's part of it. Yes. So these things are always happen this way where, <clears throat> I mean, that's just so I don't think, I don't understand why people don't get it. When the culture gets out of sync with a tolerance issue, yeah, all it does is the church holds out. And then eventually changes, just late. That's just what always happens. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I just, they, they just wait. And like Seacoast right. used to be that way a few years ago. This place is still that way. That's super obviously goofy. So what do you, uh, you know, we're talking I mean, about even Ska was late for crying out loud. No, Ska but I mean that, was late. No, that's true about slaves. It's true about alcohol. It's true about, pro- right. you know, witches. I mean, it's tr- true about it's everything. You're just like, wait a second. Yep. You just, Hold out longer, and then you double down, and then eventually you cave anyway. And it means I don't get right. It. You always cave anyway. Yeah, I mean, so one hundred years from now, all, all churches will be uh, the, totally affirming. They just will be. Not I really long. believe that. Not anywhere close to that. Long. <laughs> not all. But no, yeah, everybody, not, everybody, but I'm saying say all. You for sure, the, only, the only one that's not affirming is seen as like Westboro Baptist. Like everybody's yeah, like, right? Oh, those assholes. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, those people are scary. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, well, speaking of culture, I got an, a, another one for All you right. here too. Uh, talking about what people think and view, and uh, I guess being uh, uh, trying to figure out the right things to say in culture. <clears throat> here we go, y'all ready? This comes from Dan McQuaid. Uh, Utah parent wants school mascot renamed because it sounds like the word. What word do y'all think it sounds like? There's, for what school? This is a high school. There, there, it's a new. Uh, let me. I'll give you a little more details. Farmington High School won't open until next year. When it does, it will serve the community in and around Farmington, a fast-growing city in northern Utah. Mm-hmm. But the school already has a mascot, and this mascot's name sounds like something when it's pluralized. Can y'all guess what the mascot is? No. No guess. The Phoenix. <laughs> the Phoenix. A mythical bird that was chosen by a vote of area children, and it beat out farmers, eagles, firebirds, silverbacks, fox, and silver so, fox. But one man so wants to like change penises, all of that. Phoenixes, 
penises. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kyle Froughton, a dad with kids who will one day attend Farmington High School, doesn't like the nickname. He says the proper plural of the team name is Phoenixes. P H O E N I C E S. And it sounds way too much like penises and he has started a change.org petition (laughs) he said he said after first hearing about the mascot of phoenix i was practicing some cheers for the upcoming school year with a couple of my neighbors just for fun we cheered go go phoenixes however it didn't sound right to us so we looked online to make sure that we were saying the pluralized word phoenix correctly we quickly discovered that although phoenixes is an acceptable way to say it Another pluralization is Phoenixes. <laughs> so we changed our cheer to Go Phoenixes, which is when the concern began to set in. So <laughs> that's why that's why I've always had a problem with the the professional term for somebody who plays piano. Got to change that one too. <laughs> Penis. Penis. Hey, listen Penis. listen to this. Listen it's been to a this huge problem. We, before we talk about this story, listen it's what just happened. Listen what just happened recently. Y'all know how the the young peewee teens basketball, baseball you have sponsors the sponsors have their names, you know, big on the shirt or anything. So Dick Sporting Goods, they sponsor a bunch of teams, uh, you know, soccer teams and all that stuff here in Charleston. Well, William actually told me and Priscilla the other day, he said, I want to be on a basketball team called the Dicks. And he's being serious. Like, he just wants to be on a basketball team where the mascot is Dicks and he doesn't even know what that means. <laughs> Why well, did he then, say that? Because he, he has seen, on the other he's seen other people with shirts that say dicks, and he thinks that it's a oh, mascot, I see. I see. not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the actual sponsor. Yeah, I well, think they would be obviously the good sponsor for the Phoenixes. Right, right. <laughs> brought I mean, to you but, by dicks. Phoenix is brought to you by dicks. That's what makes I mean, but does this guy, it, it, does this guy have a point? Would that bother you at all? Like, uh, Don't you think they'll just probably go... Let's go, Phoenixes. Yeah, they won't say Phoenixes. Nobody knows that. Like that's not even that's not even something that is. I mean, out of everything in the world, no, that, that's it's a competitive advantage, that, if anything, because now you have the opponents have to deal with these Phoenixes, and they have to say, "Go get those Phoenixes. <laughs> go get them." You know, yeah, like, yeah. Go grab and tackle those Phoenixes. Go get them. You know, you have to you have to motivate your team to go out and crush the. You know, that they're the ones that have to deal with it. It's a competitive advantage, I would say. I, I wish there was a cheer I could think of to use for <laughs> Phoenixes. But I can't, what was the cheers from high school? I'm trying to think. Did push them back. One? Push them back. Way back. Go, Phoenixes. <laughs> right, <there you> go. <laughs> All right, I got one last one for you guys. And this was sent in by uh, True Man Host. He hosted True Man, Rich Gambrell. He's really cool. He's very fun hanging out with that dude. He's a cool dude. Very uh Funny and personable. I really hey, real quick, out with him. real quick, he passed away today. He died? Yeah. Shit. I'll never go back to his house for a true man. Yep. I know I'm being little, you know, but anyway. Uh, this comes from the Washington Post. This man is about to launch himself in his homemade rocket to prove that. Matt, what do you think? What is he trying to prove? I saw the flat earth. He's going to try and try- disprove flat earth, which cannot be done. <laughs> Seeking to prove that a conspiracy of astronauts fabricated the shape of an Earth, a California man intends to launch himself 1,800 feet high on Saturday in a rocket he built from scrap metal. Here's the thing that sucks about it. That's so fucking cool if your neighbor built a rocket. Out of scrap metal. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I mean, how can he be so dumb that the Earth is flat, but he can build a rocket? 
Well, I don't. I mean, can I you? Don't, we can don't y'all know, build a we rocket? We don't know how that's going to turn out. He may not be. Hey, people of building wonder the same a thing about rocket. I don't. Not so sure. No, but I mean, at least he's trying. I mean, I, can you even we'll come? Close, can you, Matt? Can you build a fake rocket? <laughs> I mean, would you spend the time and effort and money to build even a, a, a rocket that might work or might not? Like, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, I like the determination yep, alone. Yep. Oh, no, makes I, me. No, I mean, the conspiracists and the flat earthers. I mean, they they are not dumb and they work really hard to maintain and uphold and find and you know what I mean that these people have a lot of fervor it's just <laughs> possibly misdirected but Assu- assuming the 500 mile per hour mile long flight uh through the Mojave Desert doesn't kill him Mike Hughes it may. uh says that his journey into the a- atmosphere he doesn't call it atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> atmosphere atmosphere is such a good band uh, name yeah, oh like my it. god somebody used the atmosphere it's so great <laughs> uh will mark the first phase of his ambitious uh flat earth space program hughes ultimate goal is a subsequent launch that puts him miles above the earth where the 61 year old limousine driver hopes to photograph proof of the disc we all live in. It'll shut the door on this ball earth, you said. My question is, I mean, it's it's pretty easy, right? Like, I mean, I'm not that smart. I don't, I mean, Joey, you kind of take take it as just the, the raw truth that the earth is round, right? Like, we live on a sphere. I mean, everybody kind of believes that, right? I mean, it's, and Matt, it's not that hard to even prove, right? Like, I know there's well, they a few don't things. accept proof. I mean, that doesn't matter anymore. We're post that, whatever that is. So. Post post proof. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're just, even like matter. I mean, you can show them mathematically. The, it doesn't like, matter. The same, the, yeah, but what's crazy about it is the same mathematics that he has to use to build that rocket could would prove that the Earth isn't flat. And yeah, but this the, is the a, biggest thing is what's the what is the conspiracy? Like, why would we? Why would we be trying to? Why would there be some kind of government or dark power trying to convince us that the Earth is flat? Like, why would you even spend time on it? If it is well, flat, who cares? Look, I, I have actually intention to get one on this show, and he's agreed to do it. And I won't say who it is or what, but we'll we'll get into that. There's uh, yes, we'll 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 get into that and see if we can have have some fun with it. And be, but I'm telling you, I'll tell you this much about it. I talked to a flat earther that somebody that I already kind of know and like. And I was very surprised about it, and it—I'll sh- be totally honest—that it shifted my thinking a little bit. Not that I think the Earth is flat. I do not. You're of kidding. I—I I, I heard his perspective and where he's coming from, and I think I more deeply understand the phenomenon of why somebody would choose to believe things like that. I'm a little bit interested in that, but in any case, I would—you know—I'd like to get somebody on to explain it. A little bit Why better. would somebody think that though? Why well, would you know Kyrie Irving is, is like, a flat earther? Yeah, I know. I, I, I have Shaq, some ideas of, of why people do that, and it's not necessarily fact based, but it, but they they are trying to express something that is reasonable, and this is a way they've chosen to. I think of it as like a child who wants to get attention, so they choose behavior that's weird or bad. But it's it's not just to get attention. I'm saying they have something they're trying to express about the world and their view, and this is a way they're choosing to express it. I don't know if they strictly believe it or not, but it seems like they might. I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting topic that you could have that much of a delusion and be willful about. It's probably m- worth exploring more than just laughing at them and saying they're idiots is what I'm saying. But interesting. Oh, well, you, Matt, that's compassionate of you. You know, NASA stands for Nephilim are Satan astronauts. Yep. <laughs> that's what it stands for. So Nephilim anyway, are Satan's that, astronauts. <laughs> yeah, Satan's astronauts. So, I mean, I... I I, maybe maybe I'm being changed. 
Maybe the world is flat. I mean, it's flat. When I walk outside, it's flat. I'm not walking down a hill always. <laughs> it's downhill everywhere. Or up you a go, hill, right? <laughs> I know, if it was round, wouldn't I always be walking up a hill or down a hill? No, I run. I, I run flat for miles and miles and miles. So maybe I've changed. All right, that's the damn news. I, wasn't this good news? Today? I loved it. I just, I we hadn't so been doing enough news. I've enjoyed. Again, I just not having done the podcast for a while for a couple of weeks it feels good to be back. That's Thank all. you, damn newsers. Well, the BC, mm-hmm. the BC Club is growing, and we appreciate the BC Club very much. Let you me go ahead and pre- preemptively tell you uh, the BC Club is responsible for something that's going to happen. Probably our next episode, I'll be making a very, yes. very exciting announcement. Yes. And it is due to the BC Club, and it will benefit both them and the listeners and the community at large. So There you go. There's many things that we use the benefits of, the money from the BC Club uh, for, and I want to say thank you. you we have, we're at a place now where we have some ability and time and resources to put into things, and we put into a bunch of different things, but a new one coming up yep. that I'm going to yep. tell you all about. So thank you for that. Thank you for people for being in the BC club. Um, the- yeah, I was on, uh, I was on the BC Facebook page last night, messing mm-hmm. around with people. And Mr. Matthew James tire T Y R E was heckling me about not reading his name. And I said, all right, you messed with the wrong dude. So let's make fun of this guy. How can we make fun of him? Okay. T- we just, did. I'm tired of his bullshit. That's all. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> And Zach Zen is another one. What's up, Zach Zen? Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Chin chin. And then we have then a whole have slew of them. of them. A slew. Oh. One of them one is of don't, them. No. don't mail me don't shit. Mail shit. So that's someone who that's just wants to join, join, give us his money, this doesn't want money, anything in return. Money. You're good Samaritan. Samaritan. <laughs> Bron 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 Bronwyn Cole, Quinn. Michael Clayton Franklin, Brandon Michael Ray. Clayton. Isn't that a movie? I do want to say, don't mail me shit again because that's kind of a cool name. Your parents are awesome. Andrew Joy, Matt Moore, Frankie Damage. Matt Moore. Yeah, Katie Franson. Well, you think that's Matt Moore, the gay guy that rejects Does it gay- as a lifestyle? He- yeah, he doesn't do gay stuff <laughs> for the Lord. Katie Franson. I actually really like that guy, but I like I like this Brandon, Matt Moore and that Matt Moore. Brandon, Brandon Peoples and Benjamin Shuster. <clears throat> Thank you guys, and like Matt said, you y'all are allowing us to expand our efforts into different stuff. And one of them is a third episode for you guys. We're expanding as- our efforts. Yeah, yeah, expand. The, well, the Lord, doing. the Lord's multiplying that shit. Phoenises. Man. I ain't we're taking credit for phoenises. I ain't taking credit for any of this. The bad Giving Christian all phoenises. praise and glory to the Lord, our God, Savior Hallelujah. of the universe, Jesus, the Nazarene, the one who commands no. oh. the bread to fall from what? the sky, and that shit, shit falls. Whoa. Brothers and sisters, it is about what? time that we have an awakening and oh. believe. On the Lord God Jesus Christ. Ah, damn it. Ah, damn it. Shut the fuck up, you non-Christians. Wait. Oh, damn it. See how you get you get lured in. I love non-Christians. You lured he me in. He was just trying to mimic your voice, and then he got out in that mode of yelling. He can't stop. Good Lord. I know. It just feels good. Too, it just feels good. I, know, I love non-Christians. I don't want people I'm not trying to it kick anybody out. It just feels good to yell. Yeah, I know. Damn it. 
Good Lord. All right. Well, thank you, Joy, for reading those. Hallelujah. Yeah, you're welcome. I feel replenished in my soul and my heart of you hearts. Do. And you do. It's feel kind repenished. of Yeah, in my spirit. I All right. Feel. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving. Let's go make that turkey. Oh, God. I can't wait to get up in that turkey. All I'm right. going to do turkey stuff. <laughs> I'm going to do some turkey stuff for Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to do it. You know, you know how many Christians are out there? I'm going to do some turkey stuff for Thanksgiving. <laughs> do some turkey stuff. Listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.